Hey, it's Scott Orner, Cruise Consulting, and welcome to another episode of Founders and Friends. And before we start the podcast, let's give a quick shout out to Rippling. Rippling is the new cool payroll tool that we see a lot of startups using. Rippling is great for your traditional HR and payroll. They integrate very nicely. But guess what? They did another thing. They integrate into your IT infrastructure. They make it really easy for when you hire someone to spin up all the web services and their computer, which sounds kind of like not a huge deal. But actually, we did the study at Cruise. We spend $420 on average just getting a new employee's computer up and running and their web service up and running. It's actually a really big deal. It saves a lot of money. And the dogs are eating the dog food. Like We see a lot of startups coming in to Cruise now using Rippling. So please check out Rippling. Great service. We love it. I think we have a podcast with Parker Conrad. You can hear it from his own words, but we're seeing them take market share. So shout out to Rippling. And now to another awesome podcast at Cruise Consulting's Founders and Friends. Thanks. So when your troubles are mounting in tax or accounting, you go to Cruise Founders and Friends. It's Cruise Consulting. Founders and Friends with your host, Scotty Orn. Welcome to Founders and Friends Podcast with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting. And today, my very special guest is Eric Gonzalez of Montage Capital. Welcome, Eric. Thanks, Scott. Really appreciate being here. Oh, my pleasure. You, We are talking about one of my favorite topics, which is venture debt. And you are an expert, and I can't wait to have this conversation. Awesome. I'm, I'm looking forward to it as well. Awesome. Well, maybe you can tell everyone, just retrace your career a little bit, and then how you had the idea to to start or join Montage Capital. Sure, happy to. So I actually didn't start Montage, but I did join nine years ago in 2011. So retracing my career a little bit, probably the most relevant part of my, my business career was uh, my investment experience at DCM, an early stage venture firm, where I was, I was there for six years, uh, much of that time as either a partner or a general partner. And that's really where I saw this opportunity that we're pursuing with Montage, which is really to provide a less dilutive, less expensive path for growth capital for entrepreneurs. One of the things I experienced on the venture side was that venture investors end up with a lot of ownership in companies when they make investments, especially in the early stage. And it almost seemed a little bit like a raw deal to the entrepreneur in many cases. And so that was part of at least my coming to terms with Montage and the concept of what we're doing. My business partner, Mike Rose, though, comes at this from, from a very strong credit and banking background. So the two of us joined up in 2011 to essentially raise the second Montage fund together. And uh, we, we bring you know, the, the equity investing skills that I had, uh, also some entrepreneurship experience and skills that I had, and, and Mike's really strong credit and banking background. And together, we sort of come at this in a, in a fairly unique way. Um, one more thing I'll say in, on the introduction is that we actually don't consider ourselves venture debt because we're typically not following venture capital investments uh, concurrently. We instead position Montage as an alternative to equity financing for growing companies. So it's a, it's really how we most distinguish ourselves. That's such a great subtlety there. And I'm glad you clarified that. And you guys have a really good reputation and a great brand. And people are, I think your brand in the market is one of creativity and trying to make it like put together a deal. Whereas like the comparing your, you know how we just said, you're not a venture lender, like the venture lending funds kind of go by the book 
they're following the, the, the equity lead. They have a certain percentage they like to do relative to the equity investment. And you're either putting a Mac clause and it's cheap or no Mac clause and it's expensive. You guys are kind of like very creative, almost like equity investors. You're just using a debt instrument. And like you said, there's a lot of founders who actually really like that. Like it really appeals to people. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, a lot of the bigger venture debt firms, we actually partner with uh, WTI, Hercules, Triple Point. We actually share a lot of deal flow with them because we don't directly compete. We have a lot of respect for all those firms, but they are in a very different business. You know, they're managing much bigger pools of capital. Uh, really to get that much capital to work, they have to have a relatively straightforward approach to how they do their deals. You know, we're just much smaller. And as a result, we're able to customize every single financing for a company. So literally every time we, we consummate a transaction and investment in a company, it is, it is not the same as, as any of the other investments we've done prior. Yeah, that's awesome. And there's something you said in the intro, which is, when you're a DCM, you saw the you had you would see the portfolio of, of your deals, and DCM would and not to pick on DCM like all venture capital funds would own a lot of those companies, but and that works really well for like the high flyers, but it's like the billion dollar outcomes. But for the the folks in the middle, it's not it's it's not great because that's expensive money and they're kind of you know forced to raise more money maybe than they want to. And so I think it's really smart that you come in and you're looking for a certain kind of company out of those VC portfolios. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. And, and that's why so many of the companies we invest in are actually not venture funded. They're more or less bootstrapped. They could often raise venture capital or private equity, but they're looking for a different path. And what, what we feel like we do, again, we have a very entrepreneur friendly approach. We put the power back in the hands of the entrepreneur. We're, get, we're letting them control their own destiny. Um, oftentimes, when a company takes on a lot of equity financing, whether it's venture capital or otherwise, it really becomes a relatively binary outcome. Either they're going to hit it out yeah. of the park and be hugely success successful, or as you point out, a lot of companies uh, aren't that successful and they may have ramped up their burn rates considerably and that becomes really hard to unravel. We feel like when companies choose to work with us, they have a lot more control over their ultimate outcome. And since a lot of entrepreneurs aren't necessarily interested in, in, in developing or, or building a billion dollar company, you know, we're often a really good fit for, for companies that are, you know, that have more realistic and, and, and potentially more modest expectations. That's so well said. Yeah. Cause the, on the, when you take a lot of venture capital, you spend the money. It's just like human nature. And the equity preferences effectively work like debt, like the same debt you're giving the entrepreneurs. But I think when they're, especially for bootstrap companies, they're they're still paying close attention to their burn rate because there's that's the inherent kind of DNA of a bootstrap company. Right. And they know the money needs to be paid back like intuitively. So they're just more careful, but you do give them the capital they need to invest in things like marketing or development or engineering teams to help them get to the next level. Absolutely. You know, and that, that all being said too, we really try to, to be helpful in every conversation we have with, with entrepreneurs that we talk to. And, and there are many cases where we will direct them to venture capital. You know, venture capital makes a lot more sense than working with someone like Montage when you are really going for it. When you really, yeah. when you're, when you have, you know, a concept that's taking advantage of a humongous opportunity we're such a small firm and, and, and what we can do to help sort of 
a, a rapid grower achieve its growth objectives is just not not even close to what a VC firm can do. So we do actually refer a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs to venture capital firms um, when it's appropriate. And again, we have that skill set, that expertise to really be helpful uh, to, to literally any entrepreneur that comes to talk to us. I love it. And you're, you probably are like me where you feel, I always feel like if I'm doing the right thing for the client or customer kind of comes back to you Absolutely. in certain ways. You know? Absolutely right. So that's, yeah. that's kind of a core philosophy of ours is, you know, we figure if we just treat others right, you know, eventually they'll remember that. Hopefully someday they'll want to work with us, even if it's not right now. Yeah. It might be their next company. Exactly. And just talking about your target client, it sounds like half of them are bootstrapped and half of them are VC backed. That's about this. That's about right. Yeah. Uh, about half. We're the first institutional investor in the company. Sort of typical profile is at least 3 million in annualized revenue. I would say on average though, the companies we're investing in have about 10 million of, of annualized revenue. Um, so they're, you know, often fairly far along and they've, you know, either self-funded or, or angel funded themselves to that level. And they feel like, you know, in many cases, things are really going in the right direction. So, you know, giving up a huge chunk of equity at that point becomes relatively unattractive. So we, we, yeah. we are we are positioned very well for those opportunities. You also said something earlier. It's not just giving up the equity, but being able to control your own destiny. Absolutely. It's like giving up the board seat, giving up having not having a boss, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Like we all have bosses, but like when you give up that board seat, that becomes your boss. You know, I think that's a really appealing aspect of montage. Yeah. And it's, it is the case. We don't take board seats. We do try to be very entrepreneur friendly, very collaborative and positive in our interactions with the company. But that being said, you know, as a lender, we do on occasion have to, you know, be a lot tougher with the company to ensure that they are, you know, on the right track. And so, you know, when push comes to shove, and this doesn't have, happen too often, fortunately, but we do, you know, we know how to take care of our investors and protect or, protect their capital as well. So it's it's not the case, and I, and I certainly don't want to mislead anyone to think that oh, you know, it's all it's all roses, you know, working yeah. with a lender because, as you know, sometimes uh, things aren't on track, and you know, you have to do what you have to do to protect the investors. But that all being said, I would say that. When we do have to step in and, and take more, you know, strict action with the company, you know, call a loan default if, and such if necessary, uh, we try to do so in the most professional way possible and often in full collaboration with the management team so that, you know, there's no surprises for them. We, we, we really yeah. try to avoid blindsiding the team uh, and instead work very collaboratively, collaboratively with them, even if it's a tough conversation. Yeah. And that's going to happen like in... If it, the company takes venture capital, if they take venture debt or your flavor of debt. So that's not, it's more like if they're not taking care of business and it's not going the right way, then anyone's going to have to step in who put money in the company. But I think like the positive, uh, ask, like the, the good scenario where the company is doing well and doesn't need to change, doesn't want to change a whole lot, just wants to actually invest more and things like that then that seems like the place where you guys really shine. That's absolutely right. I mean, we're, we're really there to support the existing team and the existing growth trajectory and execution plan of the company. We're not there, you know, to uh, really inform the company how they should maneuver going forward. I mean, we are advisors to the company and at their disposal to the, to the extent that they want to use us, but we don't impose ourselves on them. So, 
we're really, uh, you know, it's interesting. Some companies like to have weekly calls with us. Others we check in on, you know, every quarter. So it really just depends on uh, how, you know, how experienced the team is, how well things are going and how much they, they feel like they need the help from us. And we're sort of at their disposal. Yeah. The weekly calls, that's, that's a lot of, uh, that's a lot of meeting overhead. Yeah. Yeah, you know, again, we, you know, luckily there's a there's a balance. I mean, there's only a, a handful that are like that, and uh, yeah. often what what'll happen is we'll do that for a while, and then they'll get more and more comfortable, and then move away from that as they realize they don't need to do that as often. So, yeah, so it, it all works out, and we're we're very mindful of our bandwidth and making sure that the model scales. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, maybe you can kind of give the folks a flavor for your typical structure and ballpark pricing and things like that so they can kind of visualize what this instrument looks like. Absolutely. Yeah. So one of the things that, you know, we are, we, we try to be very transparent in all of our discussions with entrepreneurs. And so um, we're very upfront about the fact that this capital is not inexpensive. Certainly if a company, you know, has bank debt at, at its disposal and it's roughly the amount that they're, they're talking to us about, you know, we, we really advise them to go with a bank because we're going to be, you know, so much more expensive than a bank. Our our approach is really a hybrid of debt and equity. So it's a term loan structure on the debt side uh, with an average interest rate of about 12%. So I say I would say the range is 10 to 14. So that's that's fairly standard for a venture debt like structure. Where it's not so standard compared to venture debt is more on the equity side because we're really comparing montage to an equity financing. So we're always mindful of how we are positioned relative to potential equity dilution. So as opposed to looking at warrant coverage metrics, we look at how dilutive is our warrant position relative to an all equity financing. And Mm -hmm. so just to boil it down, we usually end up with low single digit, fully diluted ownership percentages which tend to be much higher equity positions than the typical venture debt structure. But, the, but you know, again, we think it makes a lot of sense because it's often the case that there are relatively few debt alternatives when we're talking to a company. Usually the primary alternative is equity. So it's always mm-hmm. going to be a lot less dilutive than equity. Moreover, the way that we work with companies, and this is a really important point, we, we really view montage, you know, it's not a single transaction. It's not a single loan that we're making to a company. It's a long-term strategic relationship and partnership that we're forging with our, our companies or trying to with all of them. So in many cases, our, our best performing portfolio companies actually come back to us for more growth capital, growth, what we call growth debt over time. So in fact, I'm currently working with a company uh, that's doing extremely well, that's had multiple overtures to raise equity, venture capital, even take on bank debt. And they're about to do their fifth financing with us. And uh, so it's it's interesting. So, I mean, you know, we do have a number of companies that that are like that, that, that continue to believe that this is their best capital option. And I think a lot of that, it's not just because of the structure, but it's because of how we work with the companies, how we collaborate with them. We advise them on strategic items like, um, you know, capital formation, exit planning, various aspects of their business and, and whether or not they should grow faster or slower. And we have that experience to to provide that that sort of advice as well as the bandwidth. And that's another key point, yeah. you know, so. And anyone doing the back of the envelope on the equity dilution, a venture capital round is like, 
you know, usually 20%. Correct. But, you know, maybe if it was a small one, 10% or something like that. But like, so that's a pretty big delta. Exactly. Versus what a VC fund's going to do. That's right. A very, a very typical scenario will be something like we're proposing, say, 2 million in growth debt to a capital efficient business where that's really all they really need. And their alternative that they're considering is a 10 million or more venture capital financing, which, you know, is very tempting, but, but they're struggling with how do I utilize all this capital that that's at my disposal? And, you know, it, it, so it becomes a very interesting decision tree for them because, and that's why we get to, you know, so much lower fully diluted ownership position, because often we're presenting the company with a, with a term sheet where it's 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 the actual amount of capital that their business needs, as opposed to you know what it, what in many cases is a situation where you know VC funds a lot of them have minimal minimums that, yeah. that they have to conform to to even to even look at a company and for, and for many of them it's ten million or more and yeah. so that's that's why that scenario comes up so frequently. Well, the other unsaid aspect of that ten million dollar VC term sheet is. It's probably 20% ownership, which means that it's a $50 million valuation and you can't sell the company for less than 100, 150 minimum, you know? And so I think one of the other things you guys do is really free the entrepreneurs up to take an exit opportunity that's maybe not what a VC would love, but it's going to be a win-win for everyone around the table, including you. That's exactly right. And, you know, in that scenario where... Uh, a company's considering taking a, a large slug of, of equity financing that they may not need. What ends up happening in many cases is they are sort of encouraged to ramp up the burn very rapidly, bring on a lot of headcount. And if things end up not going so well, this is where this, this binary outcome comes about, where you know it, it can be a real problem for the company and, and frankly, uh, really threaten the company's viability. And so we feel like you know often we're a very good alternative to that scenario where the, where the company isn't quite sure they need all that capital. Yeah. That's, it's a really nice offer. And, and, you know, the, the other side of the equation for you guys is making sure your investors are happy and people don't know, don't always understand this, but at lighthouse where I worked, we had the same thing, which was institutions and, and high net worth individuals invest in the fund and they're getting a return. That's kind of, it's higher than, than, a normal debt fund or debt or debt in general and maybe but a little less risky right correct exactly yeah yeah our investor base uh there's a about 150 investors mostly high net worth individuals some small institutions some family offices they're very supportive of us um we actually distribute income every quarter and wow. so they love that and so they're used to getting sort of regular distributions in fact, we've distributed every quarter since the second quarter uh, of, of this current fund. That's um, huge. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's really a situation of, you know, income generation that's, that's pretty that's pretty steady and, and nice with, you know, the fairly frequent equity upside uh, that comes about when we realize uh, equity exits in the portfolio. And we, we currently have in our main fund, you know, 50 or so unencumbered equity positions whereby we've already been paid off on the loan and there's absolutely no risk. And so there's only upside that remains in those equity positions. So it's a really nice situation to be in, you know, with a fund like this. Yeah. Do you guys recycle capital or how do you 
there's and for folks who don't know for lending funds you can either recycle the capital like redeploy it after you've been paid back or or sometimes they take a debt uh note on top of you know or basically leverage on top of the fund value like how do you guys do that yeah that's a good question we're an unleveraged fund so no leverage at all we do recycle the capital and in fact beyond that we're an evergreen fund structure so we're not a traditional 10-year life fund where we make a bunch of investments and then return capital after 10 years instead we allow believe it or not, we allow our investors to withdraw in any given quarter. So wow, the, really? investors love this because that's it, crazy. It sounds, it sounds absolutely crazy. I, I agree. And most people that we talk to about this well, crazy they, good, I should say, <laughs> I meant like crazy good for the investors. Well, yeah, I mean, for that's an investor, sure life a little harder though. Yeah. For an investor, it's a great situation. You know, they feel very comfortable. And in a lot of cases where it's someone who's not so familiar with what we do, it helps them get comfortable that at least they can get out when they need to. But we've been very fortunate. We have very few withdrawals. Uh, in fact, there's way more demand to come into the fund than there is to exit. And wow. uh, so much so that we actually uh, closed the fund to new investment capital in Q4 of last year, which which ended up being very fortuitous given that we then experienced this current crisis. So yeah, yeah so you know we're we're very fortunate, and and yes, it, it's it's an unusual model, but it really works well because it gives us a lot of flexibility. So when we do reopen the fund for new investment capital, we have a lot of pent up demand uh, from our existing investors as well as new ones to provide additional capital, and it's it's relatively straightforward for us to do so. So we basically yeah. revalue the portfolio every quarter you know, to, to fair value. That's cool. Well, it's also, I feel like the COVID situation recession may end up, you might actually see a lot of opportunities now because companies took, you know, took a bump, but they still have really great fundamentals. It might open up that opportunity for you. It is. Yeah, for sure. We're having a lot of great discussions right now. We're very much talking to a lot of companies and looking to put money to work. And fortunately, because of our capital efficient approach with our companies, our portfolio is in very good shape overall. Wow. You know, while initially we had to spend a lot of time sort of making sure everyone was okay, the PPP loan program really helped a lot of the companies. And so now they're they're sort of getting used to the new reality. And and our focus is primarily back to, you know, putting money to work in, in new investment opportunities. And you're absolutely right. So what's happening currently is in the current crisis with equity being relatively unattractive to raise right now, we're actually having more than our usual number of conversations with venture-backed companies. So uh, a lot of venture-backed companies that, that had been considering raising their next round of equity are you know, really seriously considering an alternative like us at this point. And so it, yeah. it's really interesting. That's awesome. And it's, it's a little bit of like, it's nice to be the person at the party who has the deep pockets and cash to spend. So good for you guys. And I'm I'm really amazed that you're able to balance that. Hey, if you want to withdraw, you can withdraw. That's that's. I mean, I helped run a debt fund. That's a really hard thing to to manage. It is. You know, it was daunting at first. Um, we we were like, you know, really concerned initially about how complicated it could be. But we've actually gotten so used to, you know, on a quarterly basis, revaluing the fund and and handling you know the one off withdrawals that do occur that. Uh, we've got it down now. The pro I mean, I think it's really 
it's a competitive advantage for us, honestly, because we we've really developed an expertise on how to run a fund like this that very few yeah. fund managers have. Um, and we think it's really better for our investors. Our investors overall are, are extremely happy with 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 how things are going at Montage and they appreciate the way that we, you know, deal with them in a very transparent yeah. and open way. Well, I was involved in a lot of those recycling capital spreadsheets at Lighthouse and I remember everything. So, so <laughs> it is really hard. Yeah. I also think tip, tip of the cap to you for not, it would be very easy to raise a really big fund and charge a 2% management fee. You know, obviously try your best to deploy the capital, but you're in, but not worry about returns quite as much. And you guys seem to be doing the exact opposite of that. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good point. I mean, one of the things that Mike and I were completely aligned with when we launched the second fund, the main fund now, is really trying to ensure that we maintained a high level of LPGP alignment so yeah. that, you know, we, we felt very strongly if we focused, in this, you, know, first, you know, first and foremost on our investors and on our, on our portfolio companies, then everything else will get, will get taken care of. You know, we'll, yeah. we'll do, we will do just fine. Um, it, it is easy to get sucked into, you know, the trap of, of just, you know, raising as much money as is thrown at you. And, and we certainly could, could be managing a lot more capital than we're currently managing. But uh, we think, you know, it's, it's, it's even more important to stay true to our sort of core beliefs that, you know, let's 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 remain focused on our investors and our portfolio companies and, and make sure that we don't, diminish the the near-term financial returns to our investors by by taking on too much capital too quickly so uh, you know as you might imagine what that does is because it's unusual to behave this way our investors you know want even more so to put more money to work with us well i lo i love the model i've known about you guys for a long time it's great to do the the podcast maybe you could just remind just do the quick Hey, this is our target. This is how we invest and how to reach us at Montage. Absolutely. Yeah. So our target, again, is revenue generating capital efficient companies. Our, our main fund is, is currently $60 million in capital. So our sweet spot sort of average investment is about $2 million. We're comfortable investing about a half a million to about five million per company because we do recycle the capital. Yeah. So we're looking for companies that are at least three million in annualized revenue. There's really no cap on that. We've invested in companies that are over a hundred million in revenue. On average, they're about 10 million in revenue. I would say growing 20 to 40 percent a year. Uh, they certainly do not have to be cash flow positive nor profitable. Almost every company we invest in has, has a manageable burn. What's really key for us, though, is that the burn is being managed very carefully, such that with relatively minor adjustments looking ahead, the company can drive to cash flow positive if needed on our capital alone. Yeah, that's so nice. what we're not, yeah, what we're not doing is bridging companies to the next equity raise. The historical, yeah, that's, that's why you guys are so unique. Exactly. Yeah. And so, so that's, you know, what really makes us unique is our comfort in investing in companies without concurrent equity or even prior equity investment. Um, that really differentiates us from, from many debt funds. And then because of our small size, we're focused on relatively small deal sizes that are, that are frankly relatively uninteresting to the bigger debt funds. And that's all the more reason why, you know, we share deal flow with the larger debt funds regularly because, again, they don't see us as a direct competitor. 
Yeah, I love it. It's a great, it's just a great strategy. You guys have a great reputation, reputation. So I really recommend people work with you. And and how do they get a hold of you? Just reach out yeah. to Montage Capital. Yeah, yeah. So uh, montagecapital.com is our website. There's a bunch of information there. I'm certainly willing to, you know, hear from from people on email. Uh, my email is on the website, or I'll just give it now. It's e Gonzalez, E-G-O-N-Z-A-L-E-S at montagecapital.com. I love I'm that, also Eric. on LinkedIn, of course. So, <laughs> yeah. Eric, thank you so much for coming by. It's a great story. Thanks for sharing the Montage Capital vision and how you guys execute. Really appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun, Scott. Thanks awesome. for having me. Right, on. Thanks so much. So when your troubles are mounting in tax or accounting, you go to cruise founders and friends. It's Cruise Consulting. Founders and friends with your host, Scotty Old.